Greetings. On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. I want you to turn really quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 12 through verse 13, and we're going to read this scripture. It says, the temptations, say the temptations, say we're not talking about the singing group. The temptations, that, that was a weird name, wasn't it? Y'all were listening to it, though. I, that was old school. I went old school. So. The temptations in your life, how many of y'all remember your parents used to, some of your family members? How many of you still know, you still listen, uh, don't raise your hand, amen. <laughs> I'm, with my, I'm with my good thing, Pastor. I listen to that, amen. That's the only time. All right. Verse 13, we had to get that out. Verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And it says, and God is faithful. How many know he's faithful? That's a, that's a, if, we, if we didn't hear anything else, that's one thing you need to realize, say that God is faithful. And it says, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can what? That's so good to know. And it says, he says, it says when you are tempted, it says, he will show you a way out so that you can what? Okay, so in the Amplified, let me read in the Amplified. Let's go over to the Amplified version. And this same verse in the Amplified, it says, For no temptation, no trial, as regard, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you. Say, has overtaken me. Let me say this to you. It's not a sin to be tempted. Amen. Jesus was tempted. How many of you know we all get tempted sometimes? And it says, how it comes or where it leads has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to what? And such as man can bear, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature and he can be trusted. Tell your neighbor, he can be trusted. Not to let you be tempted and tried and to save beyond your what? And strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always, not sometimes, but he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape. Tell your neighbor, neighbor to a landing place. To a, some of you feel like you're flying. You're just all over the place. It says, to a landing place, to a firm place. It says that you may be capable and what? Strong and powerful to bear up under it, what? Patiently. So basically, God gives us a way of escape in order to endure trials. Now, let me just kind of foretell this before we get into this, that this doesn't necessarily mean that when you face trials or temptation, that the way of escape means that the temptation is going to stop. Because can I be honest with you? Temptations, trials can come every day. Y'all with me? The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It didn't say a few. It said many. And so in this series, we're talking about pressure. Amen. We're talking about pressure and, and how to handle pressure. And, and I've said this before, but I'll go back and, and say it again, not necessarily these examples, but when I look at this day and time, there's a lot of pressure on people. And, and some pressure is, is healthy and some pressure is what? Is unhealthy. When you look at a person, I remember I saw a video about a lady and, and no condemnation to her, but she had, I think, 28 plastic surgeries. You know why I believe she had 28 plastic surgeries? Because she was under the pressure of what people thought about her. Y'all with me? 
Pressure will cause us to do all to do some crazy things. Y'all ain't talking to me. Pressure will cause people to cut. It will cause people to contemplate suicide. Y'all ain't talking to me. Pressure will cause people to become addicted to things that they feel will give them pleasure. Say, pressure is something that can lead us to ungodly pleasure. Why is it that after years of being married to the same person, y'all ain't talking to me, after all the meals she cooked for you, and after all the times you took out the trash for her, and after all the times you picked her up in the air and said, girl, I'll take you around the world, after all of those times that you did that, all the times you took her out on dates, glory to God, to Ruth Chris and to Papa Doe, You flew her to Atlanta just to go to Papa Doe. Y'all ain't talking to me. Just for one night because you're just that bad with it. After, now it's going to cost you, but you're bad. Amen. And after all of those years of winning her over and making her feel soft in her heart, all of a sudden financial pressure comes. Y'all ain't talking to me. Kid pressure comes. Health pressure comes. And all of this love and all this honey seems to dry up. And a man or a woman who's never thought about or considered stepping out on their spouse does it because they are under what? Pressure. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, pressure. You know, the devil told God, he said, just, just mess with Job a little bit. It says, it's easy for him to serve you now. He said, because you're giving him all this money, you do all this stuff for him. He said, but just reach out and touch his life and he'll curse you. I believe the devil still has that same mindset. I just want to get the people of God to drop out, fall out, and curse God. That's what I believe the enemy still wants us to do. He wants us, after years of consistency following the Lord, just to drop it all on the line right now. But the devil is a liar. Come on, tell him, say, the devil is a liar. Say, I'm not dropping it. I'm not dropping my marriage. I'm not dropping my family. Come on now. I'm not dropping my prayer life. I'm not dropping my fasting life. I'm going to keep on giving. I'm not dropping my worship life. I will bless the Lord at all times. Say your neighbor, and his praises will be in my mouth. So why does this happen where people have been following the Lord for years and they were the main represent, representation of Christ? They were the loudest ones on their job talking about Jesus. They had fish stickers all over their cubicle. Y'all ain't talking to me. They had a fish on the back of their car. They always were blessing people on their birthday. But then all of a sudden when they get a diagnosis from a doctor, you don't see the smile anymore. Matter of fact, you even see them saying God ain't real. Now, how have you been the main preacher for all these years, and then you come to the conclusion God's not real? Tell your neighbor's neighbor, pressure. Pressure will have us doing some crazy things. And all of us in this room, here's the thing. We're going to walk through pressure. The question is, how will you handle it? Ask your neighbor's neighbor, how will you handle the pressure? Because it's coming. And some of us handle it with peels. Some of us handle it with food. Come on now, binge eating. Y'all ain't talking to me. Krispy Kreme donuts. It was funny. I was talking about this Tuesday night, and I looked over, and somebody actually had Krispy Kreme donuts. I said, that's prophetic. Amen. No, but, 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 but we go through a whole dozen of donuts, and we still hungry. You know why? Because the satisfaction is not physical. It's spiritual. Have you ever ate everything you could eat? You went through, you got three plates, and you say, I still want to eat something. You, can I suggest to you why you still want to eat something? Because your soul is empty. It's not your belly. I'm telling you, God, we have to learn how to handle the pressure. And I believe that when there's a presence of God on the inside, we can handle the pressures of life on the outside. I said, when the presence of God is on the inside, we can handle the pressures of life on the outside. I said, when the presence of God is on the inside, we can handle the pressures of life on the outside. You know, how many of you, how many of you like shoes? That's like one of you, see, that was, let me go to this side. <laughs> we already know what we need deliverance from today. Amen. <laughs> How many of you like shoes? Let me see one more time. Calmly, calmly. Not that. Okay. All right. How many of you like tennis shoes? Sneakers. How many of you like kicks? How many of you like dress shoes? Raise your hand. Okay. 
Have you ever traveled and you had to, t- and, you, and you, when you traveled, you wanted to make sure you took your best shoes, so you had to put your shoes in the bag, right? You don't wear them to the airport because they make you take off all your, st- I mean, they just, it's just crazy. They tear off every weight that so easily trips you. And so you're at the airport, so most of the time you just wear crazy stuff through the airport just to get in. And so, but anyway, but in your bag, go back to your bag, rewind, Joshua, I will. Okay, so you go back, you go back, you go back to your bag and you pack in your bags, your favorite shoes, you don't just throw them in the bag and just throw stuff over them. Y'all ain't talking to me. You, when, you, your favorite shoes, you, 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 you don't just put them in the bag. You don't just cover them up, but you put something what? On the inside. You didn't get what I said. Because the reason why you put something on the inside is because you know there's going to be pressure on the outside. I'm giving you a word right now. And, and so what happens is no matter what crushes against that bag, somebody else's luggage, no matter how many times they open up your bag like they may do to check it to see if you got a bomb in there, all those times they check it, guess what? It doesn't matter what happens on the outside because you've made sure your shoe was full on the inside. And see, some of us, <laughs> we, we get ghetto. We use tissue. Y'all ain't talking to me. Some of us use, come on, some of us, some of us might even use towels from the hotel we were staying. That ain't right. But we, we, we use tissue. We use, we, use, we use newspaper. Y'all ain't talking to me. Newspaper is actually pretty good. And then, and then some of us are sedity, and we use shoehorns. Amen. And shoehorns are wooden, wooden feelings that you put in. Here's the point. We understand that in order for my shoe to keep its shape, I got to put something on the inside. In order for it to look like it hadn't been through the, the rain and the fire and the flood, y'all ain't talking. I got to put something on the inside. Can I tell you why some of you still have not lost your mind? Because when you walked through the trial, you had someone on the inside. You had the presence of God on, y'all ain't talking. You were filled not with toilet tissue, not with newspaper, but you were filled with the precious Holy Spirit. And guess what? You don't even look like what you've been through. Y'all ain't talking to me. You had all type of baggage around you, all type of luggage around you, but because you made sure you filled yourself up on the inside. People stepped all over you, stepped all on your toes, but no dents came in your life. Why? Because you were filled up on, I'm giving you a word right now. The Bible says that Daniel and them, uh, excuse me, not Daniel, but the three Hebrew boys left out and they didn't even smell like smoke. Y'all ain't talking to me. They didn't even smell like the pressure they walked through. There is a grace in people's life that is so strong that they can literally walk through fire and not smell like smoke and not have one dent on them. Matter of fact, it'll look like they never walked through nothing if they wouldn't have told you. And in other words, they shock you with their testimony. I declare that you are a people that when you walk through trials, you'll come out on the other side and people will be surprised at what you walk through because God is a keeper. Yes, he is. How many of you got that testimony? He's a keeper. So tell your neighbor, say neighbor, just because you walk through a trial, just because people step on you, it doesn't mean you have to come out with dents. Because you got someone on the inside, the Holy Spirit. That's why you got to make sure you fill yourself up daily with the Word, with the Spirit of God, with the presence of God. So when the devil come and step on your toe, you say, I still look the same. I still got joy. When the devil come and step on your toe, you still say, I got peace of mind. When the devil step on your toe, you said, I'm still going to live holy. I'm still going to preach the gospel because it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. As long as I have God's presence, where? On the inside. Tell your neighbor, say, ask your neighbor, what you got on the inside? What you got on the inside? Yeah, because some of us tried to fill ourselves up with other things, and it didn't work. Y'all ain't talking to me. It didn't hold up. So tell your neighbors and neighbor, get the presence on the inside so you'll be able to deal with the presence on the outside. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. That's what's going to keep us from thinking about ending our life. It's the presence of God on the inside. Can I tell you this? Some of us, because of God's grace, if it was anybody else, they would have been untaking their life. But God's grace. Say God's grace. That's how it works. And so... I say all that to come back and say this. We're going to talk about three ways. Say three ways. Say three ways. Just three. To endure pressure. Say to endure pressure. Because we're going to all face it. We're going to all face pressure. I'm just going to give you three simple ways to be able to endure pressure. Are you ready? All right. So number one, tell your neighbor, say neighbor, community. Okay, that's, that's the first thing that we need to in, in, embrace in order to endure the trials of life. Say, I got to do it together. I got to do it with someone. I got I to gotta get my team. Say, get your squad. Tell your neighbor, neighbor get your squad. Yeah, I was, I was telling the, 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 uh, the members this earlier today. I was telling them about how, how geese 
Geese, geese actually fly in a V. You ever seen geese fly in a V? And they, what do they do when they fly in a V? They go, and then you try to get out of Dodge because you don't know if they're going to lay their burdens on you. Amen. How many of you ever seen them? Be honest. Raise your hand if you ever seen geese. Let's start there. How many of you ever seen them fly in a V? Raise your hand. Okay, great, great. When they fly in a V, you know what this helps them to do? It helps them to go further, longer distances with less energy. You know why? Because all of them are taking on the brunt of the wind, and so it helps them to move forward. And what eventually happens is the one in the front, when he gets, I guess, tired, maybe he'll go to the back. He'll, re, he'll, he'll adjust himself, and then the other person will, y'all ain't talking to me. Tell your neighbors, neighbor, that's how we got to be in the body of Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 2, it says, those of you who are spiritual, it says, help those who have been overtaken by sin to carry their burdens. Y'all ain't talking to me. Tell your neighbors, neighbor, we're better together. Now, can I say this? Can I tell you what the biggest issue is with this point? We've been hurt by so many people. We don't want to be together with anybody. Let me give you an example how much today, I was talking to a pastor earlier this week, and we kind of had this conversation. Let me tell you how much we don't want to be bothered with people. Everything is coming to your house. You don't have to go out and hardly get anything now. The pizza don't just come to your house now. Now clothes show up at your house. Matter of fact, you don't. Matter of fact, you don't even have to go in the grocery store no more if you don't want to. You pull up like you the president. Glory to God. My groceries, please. That's all. My groceries. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you don't have to be around people anymore if you don't want to, other than when you're at work. And then even there, you off in a cubicle, three sections over from everybody. What am I trying to say? That Can I be honest? There's a lot of fear today about being around people. And so pizza comes to our house. Clothes come to the house. I'll be honest. I, majority of what I shop, I shop online. Glory to God. And it pull up to, I, I, I very rarely go on the mall. We don't even get, we don't even get ready, regular video stores no more like Blockbuster. Y'all remember that? Where you got to go around people and pick your, you know, you got to deal with people get, about to get your game before you get it, you know. You ain't even got to deal with that no more. You go buy Redbox or somewhere and just pick up a game. You know why? Because I believe our culture is teaching us how not to handle people. Because people slow us down. So I ain't, you know, here goes some of us. We say, I ain't going to even drive in that Christmas traffic. You know what some of you need to do this, just this December? Just to challenge yourself. You need to go out in the, in the Christmas traffic and just drive around and let people cut you off so God can work on your ability to handle people. Some of you, just, I ain't going out in it. I ain't, you, you lock yourself up like you're, like, like you're a, a, a monk or something. You, I ain't going out. I ain't going. You know why? Because people are afraid to deal with people. We're not careful church will become the same way. There's nothing wrong with watching it on TV. But if the screen is the only way I can communicate with you, if it's my mediator between me and you, a screen. In other words, I'll tell you happy birthday on Instagram, but I won't tell you happy birthday in person. Why? Because Instagram has replaced that. They walk right by you. Oh, I already said it on Instagram. You ain't see it? Watch this. Go in a mall, if you still go, unless you like me, and just look at people, and this is what you'll see. They're not talking to nobody, because nobody got those many friends. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who has those many friends that they're on their phone 24-7. Nobody. They don't. We don't even know how to look up without looking like we got something to do anymore. We, we, we like to always like we're busy on our phone. You know what we're looking at? Our screensaver. We done unlocked our phone five times in the last 10 seconds. It ain't nothing new there. But you know what? We, we, we love these things right here because this is our safe place. I'll talk to you through this, but I can't talk to you like this. And it's a way that I believe the enemy can pick us off because I've never been healed to be able to handle people. And have you ever injured maybe your hand 
and you went to go shake somebody's hand, and they said, oh, be careful because I'm hurting. I believe that's what happens, that when people come up to grab you, say, ah, back off. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And so until we get healed, we can't embrace. Say we can't embrace. There are whole, even, you can spiritualize it too, and I guess I need to get off this point, but let me just go on just a little bit more. You can spiritualize it and say, God is the only one that understands me. Nobody else understands me. Only God. Isolation brings revelation. No, if you're not careful, isolation is going to bring possession. It's going to bring devastation. Because can I tell you this? If you're the only one talking to yourself about your life, you're probably going to get off every once in a while. You're going to give yourself some bad advice. And you need somebody to ask you, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all don't think that's a word. Because guess what? It is better. Tell your name, say name. It's better together. Go to Exodus chapter 18. I got to try to lens. But Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Say community. Amen. Community is, is what helps us to endure. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I need the God in you. Yeah, I, I, I need the God on the inside of you. I don't, we don't necessarily need people per se, but we need the God in the people. Amen. In Exodus chapter 18 and verse, uh, verse 13, I'll go to verse 13. I have 14. It says, it says, the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. How many know people had disputes even back then? And it says, they waited before him from morning till, till evening. And it says, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, this is what he asked. He asked the question, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, he gave a rationale, he gave a reason, because the people come to me to get a ruling from what? From God. And he says, when a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the, quarrel, the quarreling parties. And he says, I have formed the people of God's decrees. I know I'm the, I'm the preacher, glory to God, I'm sent from God. He said, of God's decrees, and gives them his what? Instructions. And, and Jephro, by the way, who doesn't have he, didn't, he wasn't with Moses when he delivered the people out of Egypt, per se. He wasn't there with him. He didn't, they didn't necessarily go back like rocking chairs. They knew each other, obviously, because it was his father-in-law. But he really wasn't like necessarily Moses' top man, per se. But he's coming in, and he, he's saying, this is not good. Tell your neighbor, this is not good. Moses, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, you're going to what? And not just yourself. And how many ever wore somebody else out? It said, this job is too heavy a what? For who? To handle all by your what? And I know you can sing that song all day long. All by my, don't sing it, amen. It, anyway, now listen to me. And he said, and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to them. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. So in other words, he's saying, hey, hey, Moses, you, you don't have the wrong goal. You just have the wrong route. He's saying, Moses, see, the power of community is that the Bible says that in a multitude of counsel, that there is what? There is safety. And what that means, I believe, is that when you hear this person's perspective about parenting, and you hear this person's perspective about parenting, see, can I tell you a secret that I'm going to do? I, I walk in, I'm walking. I, I like to hear what parents do with their children. And I don't have kids yet, but one day I'm going to have them. And I'm going to tell you this, if I don't have to make your same mistake, I'm going to be selfish. I ain't going to make it. I'm going to learn from you. Glory to God. Y'all said that's wrong. That's you. you should want that for the next generation. And I want people to learn from me. And, and so and I asked them, say, what do you do? They said, well, little Johnny, I ain't whooped him until he was 10 years old. The worst thing I could do. I said, all right, I, I know when I got to work with little Johnny. Work, I know I got to whip little Johnny at five years old then. Glory to God. <laughs> See? If I would have just stayed in my own little world, amen, 
and I wouldn't have reached out, I would not be able to hear that. If I, and if it, well, Josh, you can't raise every child the same. No, you do raise all children the same. They're all your children, right? No, every child is different. See, that's wisdom. If I try to raise Johnny like little Susie, then I'm going to mess something up. Because little Susie, God knows she don't act like little Johnny, and God knows Johnny don't act like Susie. Let me tell you how this, tell you how this works. Little Susie, all she needs is a look, and she starts crying. She's doing something wrong, you look at her. Ah! That's good. Johnny, Johnny needs a look. Johnny, Johnny, need, <laughs> Johnny needs a warning. Johnny needs a boy if you don't stop doing what you're doing right now. He needs a growl. He even needs you to take him by the collar a little bit. That's, that's what Johnny needs. And then even after that, he still might not get it. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, that's wisdom. Say, that's wisdom. That's what you find in a multitude. They say, I don't know why Johnny won't get it after I look at him. They say, because you better, you better drive out that foolishness. The Bible says, don't spare the ride. That's what he, apply that scripture on him. He just, he causes so much pressure in my life. Well, this is how you're going to handle the pressure. Whoop it out of him. Amen. <laughs> Some things come out by praying fast and others come out by whooping. Amen. <laughs> come on, tell your neighbor, say neighbor, wisdom. Okay, so first, first part, A, is this community helps us to identify pressure. Now, here's the thing. Moses was, was, was carrying along and operating as normal, and he didn't think there was a problem. He just said, it was Jephro who had to come and call it out and said, man, this is not good. It, it, and, and understand this, Moses was a prophet, so he heard from God. He was very discerning. And he still couldn't see what was not good in his life. In other words, y'all didn't get what I said. Tell your neighbor, you need a Jeffro that'll step in your life and say that this is not good. And listen, it, it might be working now, but that doesn't mean it's good. You need a Jeffro to come and point their finger. Who, when's the last time a person got in your face and said, the way, the way your marriage is, three years it'll be done with? This is not good. When is the last time somebody came into your finances and said, the, the way you've been spending, if you keep going out and getting red bottoms every two weeks, this is not good. This is, when, when is the last time somebody came and said, listen, if you keep putting yourself in that position uh, of, with your, with your bae, amen, th this will not be good for the both of you. See, a lot of times we need community because they, they see our blind side. They see what we don't see. They smell our breath when we can't even smell it. Somebody say, I can smell my breath. That's for your information. I can smell. No, can I tell you, most of the time you get used to it and you don't smell it. And I'm going to tell you what people do when they, when they smell your breath. They, they try to be nice. They say, hey, bro, uh, you, you, you like, what kind of gum you like? I'm good. I'm, I, don't, I don't really do that gum stuff. No, you need to start doing that stuff. <laughs> my point in saying that is this. Just like, just like bad breath is, that's how foolishness is. You can't discern it all the time. And it's messing other people up around you, but you can't discern it. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 see, somebody else can see that you're a control freak and that you're insecure, but you can't see it. So you need them to say, this is not good. I know it hurts, but you need a Jeffro. Tell your neighbor, you need a Jeffro. I know you delivered the people out of Egypt, but everybody still need a Jeffro. So, so Jeffro came into this great deliverer, and he said, this is not good. Wow. Okay, I'll go back up here. All right, so pressure is not always obvious. And another point I said is pressure can burn us out over time. In other words, just because it's working now doesn't mean it'll work later on. He told him, he said, brother, if you keep on this, this trial, if you keep on this route, something bad is coming up. He said, if you keep on. Now, somebody said, well, I'm good now. We ain't, can I talk to the singles? We good now. We ain't done nothing yet. That's, 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 you ain't done nothing yet. But I'm going to tell you, you keep on hanging out after 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., you ain't talking to me. And you don't realize that this is not good? Because can I tell you this? Everybody got an alarm clock in their body. Glory to God. Y'all ain't talking to me. That'll go off at a certain time. 
And if we're not careful, do we still believe in purity? Amen. Listen, I'm not condemning. I'm just saying we need a Jeffro to tell us singles, all right, it's time to get off the phone. If you ain't got nothing to say, just get off the phone. I just like to hear her breathe. No, you need to get, you, you need to get off the phone. Get off right now. I, 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 just, I, I just like, somebody said, okay, let me give you. They said, oh, she was just telling me what she going to wear. You don't need to find out what she's wearing tomorrow. Glory to God. You let the Holy Spirit show you. Glory to God. I, I'm talking to somebody right there because so, so, some of us feel like we're good, but we're not. And I'm not condemning. As a pastor, I can feel like I'm good, but I'm not. I'm going to tell you one person who helps, helps me out. She's sitting in this, in this room right now. Every once in a while, we'll have a holy conversation. Amen. Because I'm going to be honest, when I hear what's not good for my life, I don't always want to hear it. And I don't always think it's good right then. But First Lady Lockett, my mother, if you couldn't figure it out, she'll speak into my life every once in a while. And she'll say, Joshua, and she'll go, she'll raise, she'll, <laughs> Amen. I'll keep going. Y'all got the point. She's my Jeffro. Say, she's my Jeffro. My brother's my Jeffro. Pastor, oh, y'all know Pastor, oh, my. And, and even I got saints in here that are my Jeffro. Glory to God. They'll speak in my life. What, what am I trying to say? It's better together. He, you know, Moses, he felt like probably his only option in life was to live under this constant pressure. He said, the people, they come to me. In other words, I got to pay the bills, Pastor. In other words, I, if I don't go and do this, then my wife going to be screaming at me, Pastor. If I don't go do, do this, then people won't like me, Pastor. It's the only way I can live. But Jeffro's coming in your life to show you there's another route. There is another route. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, there's another route. All right, so then part B says community helps you to choose the right type of pressure. Say the right type of pressure. Now, Jeffro wasn't trying to take him out of all pressure. What he was simply trying to do is trying to get him to choose the right type of pressure because the Bible says he'll make a way of escape so you can endure. In other words, sometimes pressure is not always meant to be escaped from in a sense like it's no longer there, but it's meant to be escaped from the place where you can what? Endure it. When you endure when you, en- tell your name, when you endure, see, t- see, temptation, see, when the devil knocks at your door, see, this is what depression does. This is what suicide does. This is what rejection does. And you got to learn how to ignore the knocking. See, even as I'm speaking right now, the devil's knocking on your door of your heart. And he's, and it's, and guess what? It's annoying. It's, I mean, it's annoying. I mean, it gets on your nerves, but he's still knocking. But the Bible says to resist the devil. In other words, resist his knocks, resist his, his little pitches that he gives to you, resist them. And the Bible says after a while, he will flee. The Bible says after, after the devil tempted Jesus, that he stood off for a more opportune time. He didn't quite leave, but he did stand off. Jesus had to endure. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, endurance. This is what we're talking about today. And what we're saying is that when you get around community, they're going to help you to choose the right type of pressure. And I gave this point. Sometimes the problem is not our destination, but our route. Sometimes the problem is not where we're going. You said, I want peace. That's a good thing to go after. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. But how do you go about getting it? Somebody say, I, I want, can I, can I say this word, the S word? I want to have sex. That's okay. God has made us. It says better marry than to what? It's okay. But you got, the route you got to take is not through singleness. You got to take it through what? See, I think about the GPS when I think about this. Sometimes the GPS, when you're traveling, you're trying to get to, let's say you're trying to get to New York. You ain't talking to me. You get New York, you know what I'm saying? And you're going to New York, and on your way to New York, GPS is anointed by God because GPS will see a route that's about to lead you to a backed-up situation. Y'all ain't talking to me. And, and it'll say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reroute you to a, y'all ain't talking, I'm going to reroute you so that you won't have to endure a three-hour stay stand still in traffic. You might not be able to see it now, but I can see it down the path. Y'all ain't talking to me. I can see what he going to do. He's not a Boaz. He's a crazy man. Y'all ain't talking. I can see what's going on. So I'm going to reroute you. 
I, I'm gonna I'm reroute you. And see, sometimes if we smart enough, we can see. See, I like to I like to be on the highway, and I see a traffic jam, and I like to also see an exit right then. Cause you know why? Cause I like to know that I can get off of this route. See, this is what wisdom does in community. It says we're not stopping where you're going. We're stopping how you get there. We're changing how you get there. I want a happy marriage. Well, a happy marriage is not getting in treating her like a slave. Well, I'm happy, but that ain't that's that route ain't gonna work. Amen. Uh, you you gotta take them. You gotta reroute. Say reroute. Uh huh. You, you say I, I work. I work 25 hours a day. Glory to God. Stick out your chest. Because can I can I say this to you? In America, sometimes we're addicted. In America, sometimes we're addicted to busyness. When people ask you what you've been doing, you don't even like to say I've been resting. I've been peaceful, because you don't feel like. You feel lazy when you say that. We feel like it's a sin to say, i just been resting in God. It's like, are you lazy? Where do you work? What do you do? Have you, you, you know, and it's almost like, yeah, I've been resting, but them kids just driving me crazy. It's like, no, just, t- just say you've been resting. We always feel like we have to be busy. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to be busy, but you do have to be in purpose. Because sometimes... Busyness is a distraction to make us feel like we're somebody when God is already saying you're somebody. So Jephro says, this is not good. Jephro reroutes Moses. Jephro says, Moses, I want you to take another route. I want you to empower leaders under you. I want you to raise up a team under you. And I said, wisdom helps not only to change destinations, but it also changes your route. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, you need to reroute. And this is why, because if you're on the road and you're driving and you only have a quarter of tank left and you're in a three-hour traffic jam, you ain't talking to me, you're going to run out of gra- gas waiting. And tell your neighbors, neighbors, that's what happens with some believers. They run out of fuel because they're on the wrong route. Come on now. And, and, and what God wants to do, he wants to reroute you, not just, not just to be married for two years, but to be married all, all 45 years. You ain't talking to me. To death does you part. He, don't just, he just don't want a quick fix. He don't want you just to be celibate for a couple of weeks because you went, on a, went to a big service. He wants you to be celibate until the day you say, I do. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, God wants to reroute us so that we won't run out of gas. So we won't run out of fuel because for some of us, there are traffic jams on the route we're on now. And God wants to re, say redirect, redirect. Here goes the other part. Community helps to preserve you under pressure. It helps to preserve you under pressure. Tell you neighbor, Sam, you don't have to keep losing sleep at night. You don't have to, you don't have to keep scratching your head and, and, and having stomach aches and, and forgetting things because there's a community that wants to help you. Can I, can I end by saying this with this point, and we're, gonna, we're really going to close on the next point. We have a marriage ministry here in Triad. Let me make it practical. I got two claps. Amen. We got a marriage ministry where other married couples get together and they talk. Because what I'm teaching right now is practically carried out every Sunday morning this month. They're talking about forgiveness, letting the spouse go. And and can I tell you this? Forgiveness is not always easy. That's why you need somebody to help you to reroute, not to control you, but to reroute you. And in that class, now I don't go to that class because I ain't crossed blue yet. Glory to God. Not yet. But my day is coming. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you got to use the community you have. Can I tell you right now? It's happening every morning. And some people say, ah, I'll pass on that. But could that be the Jeffro you need so that you won't wear yourself out and won't wear other people out? Because can I tell you this? What happens if you break down? What happens to your family? Can I be honest? Well, if you break down, what happens to the people closest to you? So tell your neighbors, neighbor, you need help. So let's get help. The Bible says every joint supply, so all of us need help. We got marriage ministry. Say marriage ministry. We have serve groups. We have volunteer groups, people that you can work with. We got sound team. We have, we have the praise team. We have different groups in our ministry that come together and work together. Remember those geese, the V? We fly better when we're together. But guess what? Who's your group going to be this year? 
No, I said, I'm just a loner. I think Brother Jimmy said this. He says, he says I think 95% of men don't even have a friend, someone they can say is a friend. In other words, there are a lot of lonely men. That's why we need a men's breakfast where people can come, listen, where people can come, eat some eggs and some turkey bacon, glory to God, eat some fruit and say, man, and say, you, you need somebody that you can act like you're about, to, you're about to back out with, but you know you really ain't going to do it. You just like to talk about it. Like, man, I'm about to leave her. No, you ain't. You, you just say it because you want them to say, no, you ain't. And you just throw it out there. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, you need it. You, as a pastor, I need somebody every once in a while. I can say, man, I'm about to stop pastoring. And they say, no, you're not. I just want to get it out. Amen. I, I'm not going to do it, glory to God, but I like to talk about it just so, so somebody can show me compassion. They can cry with me. Amen. How many like people to cry with you? Be honest. If you tell somebody your worst situation, they say, oh, well, you're going to be like, man, you better come back here. What's, what's my point? My point is saying this, that you need somebody that you don't have to have the mask with. You don't have to be Superman with. You know why a lot of men, I believe, break? Because they have to be Superman. And watch this. The people there around are not helping the situation. I got to be strong for my family. And on the inside, he clocking out before her. That's probably why sometimes women live longer than men. Because women talk it out and cry it out. Most of the time. And they got tissues at their conferences and it smells like bath and body works there and they all out. And they falling out. And men are like, I'm good, bro. I'm about to go make some money. And we, we got pressure building up on the inside of us that we haven't told anybody about. But you don't have to do it alone, bro. You don't have, I'm speaking to a brother, you don't have to do it alone. It's, it's, it's telling, it's telling, and, and, and can I talk, it ain't just men, it's women too. You don't have to do it alone. If you're a single mom and you don't know how to raise, go talk to another single mom and tell them, say, it's hard trying to raise kids by myself. I'm trying to work and be a parent at the same time, but there's single parents right in the church that God has grace to operate as two people at one time. So tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, who's your, ask them, say, say who's your Jeffro? Okay, so community. Number two, prayer. Prayer, say prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 37 through 39, he said, he said, that's what he said, Matthew 26, verse 39. Verse 37 through 39. He said, he took Peter and Zebedee, in other words, he took his team with him, and he said, two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and what? He told them, my soul is crushed. With grief. In other words, he was under pressure. Matter of fact, he was in Gethsemane, which was a which was a place of pressing. And it says, it says, he told him, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground. And what, what did Jesus start doing in his time of pressure? He started praying, not complaining, not getting mad at the world. Y'all ain't talking to me. Not starting fires and, and, and starting gossip. The Bible says he started praying. This is what we need to do when we come under pressure. Not only do we need to be in community, we need to start talking to God. Come on, say, we need to start praying. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be what? Taken from me. Yet I want your what? Not. And look what it says in verse 42. In verse 42, Verse 42, it says, then Jesus left them a second time. Tell me, no, you can't just pray one time. Sometimes you got to pray multiple times. And he, and he prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, he said what? Your will be done. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it tells us something. Luke 22, say Luke 22. Verse 42, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done not mine. Verse 3, verse, verse 43, excuse me. It says, then an angel from heaven did what? And strengthened him while he was praying. Can I, can I tell you, I can't explain it all. I don't understand it all. But there's a, there's a jolt of energy that will come over your life when you just take, you don't even got to take an hour, just take a couple minutes and begin to just cast your cares on the Lord and, and begin to just pray about it rather than complain about it. There's a, there's a jolt of energy. When Jesus was under pressure, when he was under pressure, 
He started praying. Can I tell you this? When we find ourselves under pressure and we find ourselves about to lose our minds, when we find ourselves about to go crazy, this is a question we should ask ourselves. When is the last time I put forth intentional prayer? There's some things that I guard. I guard my prayer time. It doesn't matter what I have to do. It doesn't matter what I have. Even if I have to show up late, I'll say, it's better for me to show up late sometimes rather than to go out with prayer because you don't want to see me if I don't talk to God. How I many you know you? No, 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 no. You, you don't. I need to forgive some people before I get out today. I need to ask God for forgiveness before I get out today. And I need to ask Him to bless my way. I need to ask Him for the job. Right, Lord, watch this. Here you go. Lord, remove every demon out the way today. Lord, remove every spirit of Jezebel out the way today. Lord, remove every controlling force out the way today. Lord, remove. Every, y'all ain't here. But why? Because prayer preps me to handle the pressure. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the second thing. Say prayer. Okay. And, and, and then here goes the third thing. Here goes the third thing. Third thing is submission. Say submission. Submission to God. We got to learn how to submit to God. Submit. Say obedience. Now, in Psalms 91 verse 11, it tells us that there's some, there's some things that happen when we learn. He says, for he will order his angels to what? To do What? protect you wherever you go. Let's look at this in the Amplified. It says, for he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and for what? That's the word I'm looking for. In all your ways of disobedience, (laughs) rebellion. No, he says, I'll preserve you in obedience. That's what he said. So number one, here goes the first thing that's the benefit of submission is preservation. Say preservation. Number two, say comfort. Say comfort. Psalms 23, verse 4. Psalms 23, verse 4. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, comfort. What does it mean to be comforted? It means to be relieved. Say, ah. Have you ever drank a cold, cold glass of water and it was hot outside? It's been hot? He's, ah. After you drank that Diet Cola? Diet Pepsi? Lord, help us. You drank it? He said, ah. That's comfort. Comfort comes to relieve us when we're in trouble. Look what it says. Even when I walk through the what? I will not be what? For your what? Your rod and your what? They do what? And they what? Comfort me. Now, this happens to a sheep that follows his shepherd. So that means the comfort of God and fullness will not come until we submit to God. This happens, this, the, the psalmist starts off saying, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, do sheep follow shepherds or do shepherds follow sheep? But this is what happens sometimes. Brother Glenn, help me out. Every once in a while you need a good example. This is what happens. Brother Glenn is the shepherd. I'm the sheep. This is how we live our life. This is how we live our life. I'm going to tell you how we live our life. We see a business venture. Come follow me. Now, I'm the sheep. He's the shepherd. Come follow me. Hold up. Nuh-uh. That ain't how it works. You stay over there. Come follow me. We get in the business venture. Crazy stuff starts happening. Then we say, Lord, I need your help now. Come help me out. Now, sometimes out of the goodness of God, because you had a praying grandma, God will come and bail you out. But can I tell you this? If you lead the way, you're going to be the first one to face the wolf. You didn't get what I said. If you lead in everything, you're going to be the first one to face depression. If you lead in the way, you're going to be the first one to face suicide. You don't have protection. Why? Because you're leading the way. You're going to be the first one to face fear if you're leading the way. Y'all ain't told me. You're going to be the first one to face bankruptcy if you're leading the way. But this is how it should be. The Lord is my shepherd. Now start leading me. Start leading me. So whenever, watch this, hold up, stay right there, stay right there. Brother Joe, come here real quick, help me out. So whenever depression comes your way, if he is leading the way, your shepherd, guess who's going to see it first? I want you to be a good shepherd. Depression, try to come up and get me. So as he's leading the way, he's going to push him back. But I got to follow my shepherd. And there's some things that you're facing now because you got to confuse who is the shepherd and who is the sheep. But God says, if you just follow me. What are you doing? 
Are you telling God, come follow me? Come follow me to this relationship. Come follow me. I know, I know the person ain't saved, but come follow me. Uh, <laughs> come follow me. I know this person is married, but come follow me. Give me comfort. What, 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 what? And, 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 and God, the Bible says he, he is a merciful God, but, but this is how it needs to be. I follow you because I know you're going to lead me along right paths. I know you're going to lead me beside peaceful streams. I know you're going to lead me to comfort. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is going to help somebody out play football. I know you're going to block for me. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, follow your block. The reason why you keep getting hit in the backfield because you ain't following your block. Y'all ain't talking to me. Say, if I want progression, I got to follow my block. Because there's some pressure you don't have to face if you just follow your block. Y'all ain't, there's some pressure you don't even have to face if you just follow, say follow. Fo- okay, so it says, thank you. So it says submission, comfort. Say submission, comfort. And then lastly, power. Say power. Bible says he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. I had that scripture printed out for you actually on the outline. It says, but he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but he gives grace not just one time, but it says what? Continually to the lowly. Say lowly. Those who are what? Humble enough to receive it. He says, so be what? Subject to God. In other words, in the KJV, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist. Then it says, resist the devil, because he's going to bring pressure. But, but resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. And I end with this point. Your no to the enemy is only as strong as your yes to Jesus. We say it again. Your no to the enemy is only as strong as your yes to Jesus. I'll say it one more time. Your no to the enemy is only as strong as your yes to Jesus. There are people in this room right now, and I'm not condemning you, but the reason why your resistance is so weak is because your submission is weak. And it's when you get under him. Listen to me. It's when you get under him that you can resist the devil when he's knocking at your door. When he's knocking at your door. When he's saying, come on, just do it. You've been stressed out anyway. Just do it. The the submission, the covering of God is what protects you. The Bible says, I rest in the shadow. That means I'm under him. I rest in the shadow of the Almighty so that when the enemy's on the outside, I'm still cool. <laughs> I'm still at peace. I'm still at a place of comfort. Why? Because I've chosen to get under the shadow of the Almighty. Every head bow, every eye closed. Some of us today, we've been out in the heat of life, but it's time to run to the shadow. This is where you cool off. This is where you're refreshed. This is where you are revived. God, I believe, today can release comfort, can release joy, can release power, can release strength, can release wisdom into your life today that will give you the ability to endure any pressure that you face. But these three things, I believe, have to be in place in order for you to endure now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to give an opportunity not, not to necessarily come and just do some practices and to come to church, but to, but to start a relationship with the Lord, a submitted relationship. You know what submission means? Basically, a yes, a yes relationship with the Lord. Well, Lord, I'm not perfect. I got stuff that's messed up in my life like all of us do, but, but I'm giving you a yes today. I want to give you a fresh Yes. It's time to give you a fresh yes. I've been saying no long enough. Wow, there we go. But but I'm going to give you a fresh yes. And I believe that as I submit to you that all the pressure from my past, come on now, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, I believe that as I submit to you that you're going to bring a cleansing to my mind and my heart. Yes, and even now there's some people maybe in this room right now, you're battling with shame from your past and what's happened to you, maybe even abuse. But even as you submit to him, God is going to comfort you. He's going to heal your 
your mind. He's going to pour oil on your head. Come on now. He's going to consecrate your thinking to bring it to the place where he's called it to be. Even today as you choose to submit, I declare the Lord is beginning a deliverance process, a freedom process in your mind. And there are things that have been holding you back, the pressures of this world, the pressure of the enemy. But as you just give a fresh yes, say a fresh yes. Hallelujah. Your no is going to become stronger and he's going to flee. The devil is going to flee. So what is it you have to say no to? Depression. What is it you have to say no to? Is it confusion? What is it you have to say no to today? Is it panic attacks? Well, can I tell you this? Your no will become as strong as your yes is. So today, who, who's, who's in this room that says, I need to give a fresh yes? I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if you say, Pastor Josh, I need to give a fresh yes to the Lord. This is my day to do it. If that's you, I want you to get ready. One, that's you. Get ready. Hallelujah. Because we're going to endure the pressures of life in community and prayer and submission to God. Two, hallelujah. And when I say three, without fear or shame, no matter, not caring about who's looking at you, but saying that I just need help enduring the pressures of life. And we all do. We cannot do it alone. We cannot do it without God. When I say three, slip your hand up without fear or shame. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else, but just lift your hands up and we're going to pray. That's you. Three, slip your hand up right now, high. If that's you, I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. If that's you, raise it up high. If that's you, I see that hand. Raise it up high if you got it up. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else that says, I need that? I need that. Come on. I need to pray this prayer. Glory to God. I need to pray this prayer. I need to give a yes to the Lord. Why don't we do something right now? Everybody just stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Hallelujah. Say, Lord Jesus. I make a choice today to follow you the rest of my life. I thank you that you're a good shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. They comfort me. When pressure comes into my life, you give me the ability to endure it as I stay close to you. Lord, from this day forward, I declare I will never be the same again. I'll never be the same again because I've got you. I thank you that your presence on the inside helps me to deal with the pressures on the outside. I thank you that I'm not succumbing, but I am walking by faith and not by sight. I declare I'm walking in a fresh joy. I declare I'm walking in a fresh peace. I declare I'm walking in a fresh power. I declare I'm getting my mojo back. I'm getting my motivation back to live for you with all of my heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, say amen and give a shout of praise to the Lord if you believe it. Hallelujah. Come on, give a shout of praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, just keep lifting it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Hallelujah. In Luke 4, one of the anointings of the Messiah is to free those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised. I felt this summer that we needed to focus on the soul. Because a lot of us are overwhelmed by the pressures of life. And you might be doing well now, but if you don't find your way of escape, it's only a matter of time. And I'm not saying that to condemn you, but I'm saying that to help you. And all we're here doing is offering ways of escape. I could not have gone seven years without the transition of my father if it wasn't for knowing how to escape the pressure. As a pastor who started at 24 years old, if I did not know how to escape the pressure and endure it, I would not be standing before you today. People wonder why pastors sometimes are doing the craziest things because if you don't know how to handle the pressure, you will be just like anybody else, pastor, bishop, prophet, apostle, whoever. Even Moses under pressure from the people struck the rock and messed up and missed the promised land. 
because he could not handle the pressure. All it takes is one slip. You could have been leading people for 40 years, but one move can set you back. And here we're saying that we can handle the pressure, that God will make a way of escape for you. You don't have to commit adultery. You don't have to do the drugs. Come on, you come on. You don't have to, to, to sit back and just throw away your life. You can still go after the business. You can still go after the job. You can still go after the education. Yes, it might be hard, but with God, all things are possible. That's all we're saying. You are different because of who's in you is different. So give another shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.